So Fathom, I guess, is more than four years old now. first go back to when you did the first open source release the name the brand fathom has been around is it actually is it over four years or is it approaching four years no it's over four years if it was in eight 2018 yeah yeah spring of 2018 you came on board uh spring 2019 when did we incorporate um probably summer of 2019 Okay, so then, okay, so company is three years old, but the brand of Fathom is over four years old. That's yes. nuts. Yeah, That's I mean, nuts. it feels like it feels like we're still a new company. <laughs> yeah, everything's everything's changed. I know. I was talking to someone about those early days, or even when me and you were doing Pico, and we had to decide. Well, you 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 had to decide mostly. Are you going to close down this business? Because I mean, it was. It was not making a ton of money, and it was. A case well, yeah, of, when the first co-founder of Fathom left, I talked to you, and I was like, "I think I'm going to shut Fathom down." And you were like, "No, wait a minute. Can we do something with this?" Yeah, and yeah, that was the early days were interesting. I mean, you know, I, Justin Jackson, that's why he was like your first customer, because there was a handful of customers, and I, I do remember thinking I had this kind of obsession of. I can't wait to migrate all of these customers over to our Stripe account going you know, through our new Laravel app, blah, blah, blah. And every day time is money because I couldn't believe how insane it was to see money coming in just regularly without any kind of consulting work. It, it was SaaS, SaaS revenue, but the money was coming in and you wouldn't, obviously you're working. I mean, I, I was doing consulting at the time, so I was split mostly doing consulting, but I, I took a, it's a financial loss when I was working on Fathom, which was whatever. And it was surreal to me that that money was coming in. That was something that was new to me. I mean, you'd done courses before, so you were used to making sales whilst you were asleep. But I just couldn't get over that this money kept on appearing. I've seen the transactions appear. So I was, it wasn't even for lots of money, but it was, it was so motivating. No, then, I th- it was like, I think when you came on board, we our MRR was probably around a grand or like 1500. Like it, it, it was, wasn't enough. Yeah, between that. But and then when did we nuts. both go full time? Was that 2020? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it was right. It was 2020. We went full time because I couldn't. I actually wanted to continue my consulting work whilst doing it because I thought, you know, I, I like my consulting. I worked with great people. And I thought I could do both at once. And then I think we had a situation where a customer went really viral, get early days for Fathom. Nowadays, we wouldn't have even flinched. But And this is actually, it was a small amount of traffic in hindsight, but it wasn't for us at the time. And I remember how much energy that took up. And then I was sort of, that we're done with that and we're working through that, we're fighting that, we're debugging. And after that, I then got to try and go and do consulting work or programming work for a client. It just no. It's not. It's not possible. And I was quickly, quickly faced. I was quickly faced with the reality that that's not going to be a thing. And I had to have a conversation with them and say, "Look, I know I said I'd do a few more months of this, but I can't, unfortunately." Which, which is a shitty conversation to have. But 
they were cool about it in the end and they found someone else. Were you a full-time on Fathom when we got DDoS? Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. By then I was. I think April 2020 okay. is when I finished with my consulting. But yeah, it was, the DDoS was, I actually tweeted about, I mean, you were going, we're going forward now, but yeah, so early 2020 was when that viral site happened. Uh, and it was, I guess I can say, because they've publicly talked about it, I can say that it was basically a company that was offering universal basic income, but it wasn't, it was a trial for universal basic income. So effectively, that's free money, right? Because unless you've got whatever you may think about UBI, if you're doing a trial, it's free money because there's no there's no two ways about it. It's not a societal thing. And so surprise, surprise, lots of people are interested in free money. That'd be awesome. And so it blew up and our database. And it wasn't Andrew oh, Yang. No, it wasn't. Well, he, they wanted, Andrew Yang wants it at a societal level, if I recall correctly. And if, if that's happening, oh, it's a different story. I have mixed opinions about that. I think that some people are oh, again political now. I have mixed opinions about that. I, I could see how it would work. I like the part of it where it means that people aren't worrying about their survival. Like I like that. So yeah, my opinion's nuanced. <laughs> I, oh dear. Yeah. So anyway, so people applied for free money because why wouldn't you? And then yeah, we went really viral and the database. We're using RDS for MySQL at the time. For the nerds who are listening, it was an issue with the IOPS. We had a limited amount of IOPS. And after that, we then had to spend a bunch of money to basically over-provision IOPS, which, which is kind of like how many things we can read and write per second. And when you get a burst of page views, you need to do a ton of writes. If you haven't got the IOPS available, then you get a kind of backlog. Oh, this is stuff that we just don't have to worry about anymore. <laughs> so that I wasn't full-time. And I don't know, I think that was after we had launched version two, because I know version two, we did a product hunt launch, got a bit of traffic, but we really stepped things up, I think. We didn't have any filtering. Did we have any filtering in version two? I don't think we did. No, we didn't. And we didn't because we couldn't scale that with MySQL. And it wasn't until, but I feel like we had it in 2.5, because version three wasn't when we introduced filtering. Are you sure we didn't have filtering and um i don't think we introduced it in version three we had it before version either three. i think we introduced it after version no three. we didn't no 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 we didn't no 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 Wait, this is what stupid all these stupid version names i'm certain we had it before that version three update but then i'm also i don't even know what my certainty means nothing um right now because this okay fine whatever so we we basically as soon as we started introducing things that customers were asking for or things that so we had a mixture of things, right? In the early days, we didn't have a ton of people asking us for things. So we had to sort of feel out and think about what we thought would be the best thing to do. And so you kind of guess and then you ship and then you get feedback and that sort of thing. And we had, I'd say we had quite good intuition, uh, not being arrogant. We just fortunate enough that we did have good intuition. There was some luck and things went really well. And we got to the point where we could then start getting people, because I guess marketing was good. I mean, both of us, I feel like marketing comes quite naturally to us. It doesn't feel synthetic. You know, I see a lot of marketing, it feels very synthetic. I think that both of us are good at putting our value into the world and then aware awareness comes with that. And so that machine sort of just took off. And then we got to the point where people would try out Fathom and they'd message us with things, you know, so why don't you have this? Uh, are you planning, or is this on your roadmap, et cetera, et cetera. And at that point, you really start to get this interesting 
world of, oh, we're actually having our product led by our customers in addition to our own ideas. And we've talked about this before, but with each thing we build, we find new opportunities and we, we get better product market fit. And I always saw product market fit as kind of sharpening sharpening a, a blade or something. I don't know. That's a good analogy. Or, you know, finding better waves, Justin Jackson, to surf. I think, I, I guess too, like the, the, the point of, uh, of this, like going back in time story is that it wasn't just like step one, build a product, step two, profit. It's just like step one, draw two circles. Step three, finish drawing the owl. It's like, it does it doesn't work like that. There is such a almost infinite number of small bets and small iterations and small adaptions because we made a mistake. Like there's just so many things that have happened between starting the company to now it it wasn't just like oh we did a thing that thing that one singular thing benefited us to such a great degree that we're now in the place that we're people at. don't see what people see on our website analytics and that's where you get people that try and pop in and try and get a bit of money because they think it's easy and then they re- soon realize that it's not to walk in the park that it seems from the outside you have a, there's a lot of work that has to be done but people just don't see that, which is, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, initially, we proved out a market that there could be, there's a profitability in the privacy focused simple analytics space. And like, because we proved that out, a lot of other people jumped on board. Right. And that's just like, that's how, mar- that's not even a bad thing. That's just how markets work. That's how economies work. That's how business works. There's a few companies, I think, that have also reached seven figures in this space. I think I'm pretty sure there's a few. Maybe I don't really keep track on competitors or other people in the space, but no, it's, it's completely normalized. And I mean, some of them, that's their marketing strategy is to just talk about that. Well, so it's hard to ignore those companies. The, the, the money, the money obsession. So when you're first starting a business, it can be inspiring to see people making money because it's enough to quit their job. The one thing I do try to echo as often as possible is that having money as your primary goal and, and being kind of money obsessed it wears out very quickly. When people say that, you might think it's a privileged thing to be able to say. But once you've kind of covered your needs, which doesn't, I mean, doesn't take long to do if you if you really go for it. it money does. Money isn't like it's such an empty thing to chase. And I, <laughs> it really, I think about this a lot because I just want to warn people. When you are just obsessed with this and obsessed with getting that, that revenue higher and higher and higher, and that's your thing, and it's empty, quite empty. And you need motivations that are bigger than that. You need to be focused on improving other people's lives. We talked about how much of a kick me and you get over improving people's lives, about giving them flexibility at work and that sort of thing. That's something that gives us a kick. The money, I mean, it's empty. I don't know. For me, the the revenue that Fathom has allows us to keep working on this full time. But the reason why I keep working on this full time is because I enjoy working with you and all the other people in Fathom. I enjoy working with the customers that we have. Like I enjoy trying to solve the problems that an uh, analytics SaaS company has. Yeah, all the time. Like it's it's a never it's solving problems when you own a business is is never it. Like you're never going to run out of problems to solve. So I, it comes down to: uh, Do you enjoy solving these problems? 
and the answer for the last four years, five, almost five years for me, because I started the open source version with somebody else pr- prior to that is like, yeah, I like so like these are the problems I really enjoy solving. Like I get up in the morning and I'm happy that I get to go to work on Fathom. That's where the focus should be. It really should be. I, I always sound kind of depressing when I talk about this. But I just I do worry about people who kind of chase this pot of gold. And they see people posting millions of dollars in ARR and all this jazz. And I think you've got to be careful because, yes, like that's amazing. And, yes, that does change your life. But there's so much more to life than money and, and like financial success. And just be careful. Don't, don't sabotage your personal relationships in the pursuit of money. You see these people that post their money. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know how their partner feels about them, about whether they're getting angry at their partner because they're working so much on their startup. I don't know. It's just it, mental health and balance and things like that that I'm interested. They don't sell, right? They're, they're not these quick things you can quickly identify and like. So I get why people post revenue. But my advice is always is don't obsess about it because you just can't see what's going on behind the scenes. Money is not everything. It's also just the top number. Like people mm, don't people true. don't post their profit. They post their gross revenue, yeah. which Meaningless. is just so fucking ridiculous. So I mean, it's funny, too, because like in the internal chat on Fathom, like a, a lot of times we're talking about things we do outside of work. Mm-hmm. And I think it's different. It's a different culture than a lot of businesses who are so hyper focused on like bragging and one upping <laughs> the other person for how much they work or how productive yeah. they are or how much like I've worked 16 hours. Oh, well, I worked 17 hours. Oh, well, I worked eight. And it's just like. I don't know. That doesn't like that doesn't seem sustainable. Like, yes, obviously, everybody that we work with at Fathom works hard. And like, we wouldn't work, we wouldn't hire people that didn't get their work done. But we also don't have unrealistic expectations for people that work for us because we don't have unrealistic expectations for us. Like, if you tell me, like, I I need to take a break today because I'm just kind of burnt out, I'm like, good. Like, you should be taking it, or I'll push you to take a break if I see that you're starting to get burnt out, and vice versa. To me, that feels like a, a, a way to think of Fathom, like, four or five years into the future, existing in a good place. Right, like to me, that seems like the sustainable. Yeah, and having people you who who can uh, the work can fall back onto. Well, uh, when when work is distributed amongst multiple people, you have that resilience. So you know, we talk about development and how I I was the only person doing it. We've got a developer in. We really need another developer who's better than me. That's the that's the aim now. And then we have that resilience because I mean, yeah, I've taken plenty of time off. I mean, even when we do huge pieces of work, we we don't take long enough to celebrate. But uh, yeah, I, I'm fathom and, and the attitude to, as we grow this thing, I guess, our attitude towards mental health, that's so important to me. The obsession with money of, of SaaS is just not, I think it's, it's sending people the wrong message. I really do think that. And I think the people that are peddling it are just doing it for marketing. Like Some of the people that do it, I like these people. I'm not personally having a dig at them, I guess. Like I'm not. But I just think, please be careful and think about that there's more to life than just this top level. ARR or MRR figure. And yeah, that's my advice. I think a lot of it is marketing. Like people it's think that in the bootstrap space, this is how you this is how you market. So this is the game that you have to play. And 
I don't know. Last time I checked, we get to make the rules because it's our business. So I think other people can, other people can do the same. I, I do want to touch on a, a point that you just kind of made and, and went past is the the celebrating wins. Like I, I was talking to a buddy of mine on the phone. Uh, I guess it was two days ago, and I was telling him how I just sold um, the last course. I, I no longer own Creative Class. Ooh. I sold it to somebody else because they can keep it going, and I cannot because my life is yeah. fathom. And he was like, well, and it was a deep, like it was, it was a decent payout. It wasn't like a life changing amount, but it was like more than I had the day before. And he was like, well, what are you doing to celebrate? I'm like, <laughs> I'm working today. Yeah. I don't know. And so it made me think like, we don't like, we stress, we stress the bad things that happened because we want our company to to be good and we want to do right by our customers so like you and i sweat the tiniest things but i think when it comes to the converse of that when we do something that's good or we do something that that is a win uh, or in the win column like we're happy and like we have the like the party emojis in the internal chat but like we don't do anything. No, we should. And like I think that's that's yeah. actually a flaw. Yeah, I think that me needs and to you change. need to do some kind of meetup, and even bring in our developer. From, we need to do something, and maybe that's twenty twenty three thing. But we, you've talked about this before. Like we need to do something. I want to take our developers in the UK. I want to take them out for a drink, like a celebration drink. But we there should be something where we get people together and do something, or we like like there needs to because we should celebrate. We should have one big celebration or something, because um, like. Yeah, we don't celebrate, and it's it's odd. We do celebrate. I mean, it's it's a huge. I get huge dopamine release. That biggest release we just released a, did a huge release. Like seventy thousand lines of code changed. We refactored, completely paid down all of our front end technical debt, and we're now in a position where hiring is going to be way, way, way easier. And the stack is familiar with all developers in the Laravel space. We kind of like, the dopamine release I got was huge. Like it, it's it's not you can't compare it to anything because of how much work goes into it. Um, but it'd be nice to celebrate as well. Like. You know, you, you make vegan burgers or, or, or do your thing and celebrate. We should do something. I might come, I might come there now, actually. If, if you're, what time is it there? I can probably get there in time for dinner. We should celebrate. Yeah, I mean, I can fire up the barbecue <laughs> and and throw on the chickpeas or whatever the fuck us vegans eat or me vegan eat. But yeah, um, I think that's probably a good place to end it. I think that the main point of recording this episode with you was to kind of give a look at the beginnings in the early days of Fathom and kind of really illustrate that there wasn't really a big break or an instant success. And instead, it was really just like a series of you and I making whatever you want to call it, like a small bad iteration or a tiny risk. And then enough of them paid off and it helped us move forward. 